The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Bruce Hooley Show, and you can always participate in our discussion, 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. Send me an email, bruce at salemmedia.com, bruce at salemmedia.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, This economy that we are in now uh, requires uh, my wife and myself to examine virtually every expense we have as a family and to look into any opportunity we may have to save money, and also we are questioning every mile we drive. You have to at 450. Uh, My wife and I Friday night went to a charity auction in Medina for Medina Christian School. Great school, great event. Uh, I have some friends up there from my years working in Cleveland. I had a few things I needed to pick up at a store, but I didn't want to ever drive to the store in Arlington, Dublin, what it's a Walmart. Okay, there's some things I can't get anywhere else. Uh, so I needed gas, the high-end alcohol-free gas for my weed whacker and my blower. If I could buy that off Patriot Switch, I would, but I can't. So there are some things you have to buy from the big box stores. But I didn't want to go to UA Walmart, Dublin Walmart, Marysville Walmart. There's one right alongside I-71 on the way to Cleveland. And I'm like, let's leave a half hour earlier, and we'll stop at that Walmart. It'll save us, you know, what, five, ten miles of driving? Well, if you have a vehicle that gets 20 miles per gallon going and coming back, you've just burnt like five bucks. So that's what we're doing. We're looking at every expense we can. We're looking at our cell phone expenses. And if you happen to look at your cell phone bill, Verizon Wireless customers, check it out. That's me. Your bill's about to get bigger. Now, I don't understand why Verizon has to raise its prices because of inflation. Like, I already have my phone. I understand if I'm buying a new phone. But aren't the wires and the electronic gizmo gadgetry already there? Like, why would a wireless carrier need to raise its rates? Now, if they've given their employees a raise, maybe. But here's how much your Verizon bill is going up. The administrative charge for each voice line will go up $1.35 for each line. So if you got four lines, like we do in our family, there's more than $5 a month, $60 a year. So the administrative price now on full lines will be $3.13 just to have a line. Just to have a line. I guess. Don't ask me to explain every line on a cell phone bill. The administrative charge for data lines will remain unchanged. All right, so if one goes up, why doesn't the other one? And if one's not going up, why does the other one have to? Well, well wait a minute, especially if they're going to blame inflation and the cost well, of electricity generation. they're not going to blame inflation because they're what? a super woke company. They give tons and tons of money to woke causes. They can't blame inflation because that's to blame Joe Biden. Well, okay, but then they're going to say something about the... Cost of power generation for electricity. Yeah, listen to this. Okay. The company says the administrative charge for data lines will remain unchanged. However, Verizon data plans are about to get more expensive. Okay. 
So if the administrative <laughs> charge doesn't have to change, why does the plan charge have to change? The cost of the data plans will go up $2.20. The price hike comes weeks after AT&T made the same move. And the quote from the wokester at Verizon, we're all feeling the pressure, and we've been in the process of deciding how much of that pressure we can share with our clients. I have two good friends who work for Verizon. I don't mean to demonize Verizon. They're not the only cell phone company doing it. But it's just indicative of the fact that I don't know anybody's wages who are rising enough to combat the inflationary numbers. And how is inflation only 8.3% last month? Think of the things you have to have. You have to have gasoline, okay? Is that up more than 8%? Like way more. You have to have food. Is that up more than 8%? Like every time I see an inde- I see food indexed by inflation, eggs, milk, meat, everything's up way more than 8%. Way more. But but the total inflation number is only 8%. What else? You're driving along the interstate. What do you see alongside the interstate? Signs for gas, food, and lodging, right? Gas, food, and lodging. That's what we're all looking for when we're taking the trip. Gas, food, and lodging. How are the lodging prices doing? Do you rent? Is your rent staying the same? Is your rent going up? Try to buy a house lately? House prices going up? House prices going down? So if gas, food, and lodging are all soaring, and they all are, how is inflation only 8.3%? The fact is, it's a lie. It's more than that. Everybody's feeling it. And for me, gas getting close to $4.50 a gallon, and it's four forty nine throughout Columbus, is the point where I finally like am standing very close to panic mode. Because I'm like, how can I afford to do this? I need to take a trip today of about 80 miles. And I used to, you know, a month ago, two months ago, I'd be like, oh, it's going to use a lot of gas, but oh, it's worth it. Now I'm calculating the cost in my head of going. I need to pick something up. I need a trailer to pick it up. So I'm trying to arrange for a friend to get a trailer so I can go get it, bring it back. Because I don't want to go look at the item, pay for the item, and then go back and get the item later. Because then my costs go up twice as much. And I got to believe I'm not the only one in this situation. I got to believe that this is a real problem. This is not a first world problem. This is like an everyday person problem that we all have. Here's John Thune, Senator from South Dakota, talking about gas prices and why gas prices are soaring. There isn't a day goes by um, where we don't seem to see a new spike or a new high, I should say, in gasoline and diesel prices at the very same time that the president's approval ratings hit new lows. I don't think that correlation is any coincidence. The high fuel prices in this country are attributable to this administration's policies, many of which have discouraged oil and gas production, energy production right here in the United States. Uh, Most recently is last week when the president took the Gulf and Alaska, some of these leases off limits, shut them down. It absolutely makes no sense if you're concerned about the pocketbook pain that the American people are experiencing on a daily basis, the, the continually the higher prices that they're experiencing at the pump. Uh, you would think you would be working aggressively to try and open up more energy production in this country, but this administration seems intent on doing just exactly the opposite. 
So when I was sitting down today brainstorming the start of the show and talking about replacement theory and explaining that it's just the latest instance of a thing that the Democrats define one way and then complain about when you call them on it, and then they change the definition of it. And I was thinking, okay, CRT applies to that. Social-emotional learning applies to that. Parental involvement in schools applies to that. And now, you know, immigration applies to that. But I just realized inflation applies to that. For the longest time, they tried to tell us that inflation wasn't going to happen. Not going to happen, not going to happen, not going to happen. Then it happened. And it's temporary, it's temporary, it's temporary, it's temporary. Then it's a good thing. Now it's a good thing. It indicates a robust economy. And now it's like, well, you know, it's uh, we're trying to get it under control. So what are they trying to do to get it under control? Well, who would be more of an authority to speak on how they're going to get it under control than the new White House press secretary, Corinne St. Pierre? Peter Ducey of Fox had a question for her. How is raising corporate taxes going to lead to lower inflation. It's a little bit before noon, so I hope you like this heaping helping of Kareem Saint-Pierre word salad. How does raising taxes on corporations lower the cost of gas, the cost of a used car, the cost of food for everyday Americans? So look, I think we encourage those who have done very well right, especially those who care about climate change uh, to support a fair tax code that doesn't change, that doesn't charge manufacturers, workers, cops, builders, a higher percentage of their earnings, that the most fortunate people in our nation and not let that stand in the way of reducing energy. (laughs) Pretty soon I'm hearing Homer Simpson's uh, teacher or the teacher. Climate change, existential threat. Wah, 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 wah. Corporate taxes. Wah, 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 wah. Yes, I've always wanted to be a consultant. I've sat with uh, radio consultants before. They say brilliant things like uh, callers are not listeners. That's a direct quote from a radio consultant a long time ago. Callers are not listeners. I'm like, well, then how are they calling if they're not listening? He didn't explain it. Of course, it's probably beyond my understanding because he's a consultant. So if you're a consultant and uh, a member of Patrice Culler's inner circle, you're doing very well for yourself with the amount of money that has been given. $100 million pledged by Walmart to BLM. And here I just said a couple of segments ago that I had to stop at Walmart and pick up something cheap. Um, So I know in a lot of ways you can't get away from it, but... Uh, Patrice Cullors, remember she said it was uh, triggering for her? That was her word, triggering to have to file federal tax forms and account for the money that she was given by Walmart, PepsiCo, Coca-Cola, Verizon, and others. Big donors. Amazon, big donor to BLM. Uh, Her brother, um, who is the consultant and board secretary uh, for BLM, uh, his name is uh, Shalmaya Bowers. He received $2.1 million last year from BLM. Uh, let's see. Uh, another uh, member of the Colors Inner Circle, Damon Turner, uh, he was paid uh, $970,000 
for consulting fees. He is, I'm sure coincidentally, the father of Color's child. And $840,000 went to Color's Protection LLC, a security firm owned by Patrice Color's brother, Paul. (laughs) Oh, wow. Uh, BLM Global Network hauled in $77 million in contributions in uh, 2021. And it ended the year with $42 million in assets. Now, maybe, maybe its work is complete. Maybe it's done everything that it can do. If it got $77 million in contributions and it has well over more than half of that still in the bank, what am I to make of that? Is I to make, am I to make of that that there's no need for BLM to be doling out money for grant purposes to raise the standard of its constituents? Or am I to make of that that Patrice Cullors needs to expand her inner circle in order to empty her bank account to all of her friends and uh, bed partners? Just a guess on my part. I'm sure that it's all above board, perfectly on the up and up. Now, I owe you an apology for serving you a Corinne Sampierre word salad prior to lunch. So let me offer you something else. Although you'll have to get in front of... Uh, Dan Gorski, if you want a McDonald's Big Mac. Dan Gorski is from Fond du Lac. Is it Fond du Lac or Fond du Lake, Wisconsin? It's one of those. He is the world's most prolific consumer of Big Macs. <laughs> gotta be something, man. Gotta be everything. He's got <laughs> gotta be 15 minutes of fame here. Uh, he holds the Guinness Book of World Records record. For 50 years of eating Big Macs on every day but eight. Every day but eight. So, what do you think? He just couldn't find a McDonald's on those days? You're too sick to get out of bed? He's in a coma. I don't know. <laughs> He's in a food coma. Uh, uh, it can't be Christmas or he would have missed 50 days. Uh, yeah. What do you do? What do you do? Like, are McDonald's closed on Christmas? You suppose he gets two on Christmas Eve and puts one in the fridge and heats it up in the microwave? Hey, if you're going to be something, guess, that's the something guess. you would that do. That takes commitment. Yep. Uh, it was on May 17th, 1972, when Dan Gorski, Don Gorski, ordered his first Big Mac. And since then, he's eaten at McDonald's every day but eight. In 2018, he ate his 30,000th Big Mac and became the first person given the official Guinness Book of World Records record for consuming the most Big Macs. He solidified his record since then. It's probably a poor choice of words. Uh, in December of 2021, he reached 32,672 Big Macs. Uh, Alan, have you seen a picture of this gentleman? I have not. And would you want to venture a guess as to uh, within uh, 10 pounds how much Don Gorski of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, may tip the scales? He probably weighs about 185 pounds. That's pretty much what it looks like. He looks fit as a fiddle and ready for another Big Mac. Can you hold up the picture yeah. for the camera? fit as a fiddle and ready for another Big Mac. There's Don Gorski right there sitting at the counter with a sign commemorating his uh, something thousandth Big Mac. Wow. Um, he says, I He says I have a comic who told me years ago I was going to die of a heart attack within 15,000 Big Macs. But now I'm over 30,000 and I'm still alive. It's not really the food you eat. It's your lifestyle. I don't sanction that viewpoint, by the way. But it's Don Gorski of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. 
He said, if you're lazy, you could gain a lot of weight. But because I'm so active, I burn off my calories. Well, I mean, if the big, if the if the uh, McDonald's is not close to his home, maybe he burns it off uh, walking around. Doesn't say like he's a marathon runner. Or Doesn't say he's a marathon runner. No, he does not look like a marathon runner. Now we have heard that Elon Musk is trying to buy Twitter. We've heard that. We've heard that and heard that and heard that. Is it possible that we are one letter off in our assessment of what Elon Musk is doing with Twitter? In that he's not trying to buy Twitter, but he is trying to bury Twitter because Elon Musk announced yesterday, well, a couple days ago, he said that the purchase of Twitter is being held up because apparently they don't want to, he doesn't want to buy Twitter unless he's getting what he thinks he's getting, right? He's bidding $54 a share for it. And so he has required Twitter to do some kind of internal audit and verify that it has as many users as it says it has, rather than having people appear to be engaged on the platform who are not really engaged on the platform. How would that work? Well, you've heard a lot about in the uh, 2016 election how uh, Russian bots impacted Facebook and Twitter and supposedly got Donald Trump elected. Well, Elon Musk has disclosed (laughs) that 22 million of Joe Biden's Twitter followers are not real people. 22 million are not real people. That they are robots. And, I mean, my only takeaway from this is that they juiced up Joe Biden's Twitter followership to make him appear to be the equal, or probably the superior, of Donald Trump's Twitter followers when Donald Trump was allowed to be on Twitter. So I have a question. If half of... (laughs) I'm going to end up in an AP story for saying this. Right there next to J.D. Vance. If half of Joe Biden's Twitter followers are fake, how many of his 81 million voters were fake? Is Is that an intemperate question to ask? Or, or, is that another one of today's conspiracy theories being tomorrow's fact check? How many times have we seen that happen, right? Oh, the IRS is not targeting conservative groups. Oh, whoops, we were. Uh, Masks. Masks don't work. That's a conspiracy theory. Oh, wait, uh, no, it's not. You can't get COVID again if you get a booster. Sure. 